My biggest thing, the standout moment from this episode is the fact that they call out the fact that it's not a Jewish wedding. And I'm like, you're marrying Mark Feuerstein. Why isn't it a Jewish wedding? I, I, there is an entire like seven part podcast series in me about religion in the babysitter's club and more accurately <laughs> the utter lack of religion in the babysitter's club. So you don't get until like 80, maybe book 90. Welcome to the BSC Abbey before we right. have like a, a explicitly religious character. But I'm like, you, you cast Mark Fierstein in the role. Like He's a man very, who is, I mean, very obviously a Jewish man. So yes. of course David Michael wants it to be a Jewish wedding. Jewish wedding. He's like, Mom, you're marrying a Jewish guy. <laughs> Out of He's respect clear. for his new, his new stepfather. <laughs> but she's like, oh no, no, this isn't a Jewish wedding. It's a witch wedding. <laughs> oh, what a good wedding. <laughs> Hi, welcome, welcome to Pizza Toast. My name is Christy Aperol. And I'm Phil Gonzalez. This is a podcast about the Netflix Babysitter's Club series, and we're talking about episode eight, Christy's Big Day. Christy's Woo-hoo. Big Day. And again, we watch the episodes, but we don't watch ahead, so we won't spoil what's coming in the future, but we will spoil what's coming in future books, because <laughs> we've read the books. We have read the books. This is not book eight, though. This is like book, well, like, Four, five. Six. Like she it's gets six, married. Uh, she uh, Liz gets married really early on in the book series. It's only Christie's second book, which I guess technically this is Christie's second episode too. But yeah, she gets married in book six. Yeah, because Claudia means Janine and Boy Crazy Stacy happen after that. Yeah, we're playing with the timeline a lot here, like because the next two episodes are based on the second super special. That's a big right. jump forward. But you don't want to do the first super special because it would be all Disney product placement. It would be Disney have product that on placement and you'd have to film on a cruise ship and no one wants to do that. No one wants to be reminded of that. It'd be horrible. Oh, oh, the, the, like uh, given present time, like this, this uncertain time, it would have been very bad. Even just the idea of like going to a wedding right now, though. Yeah, I can totally see why they skipped that book. Oh, There's yeah. not much plot to it. Oh, and we all, we love a camp story everyone loves a camp story yeah I, I did not go to summer camp ever but i absolutely love that super special it might be my favorite super special i did not go to summer camp either but i have sat through several weddings which fortunately is what this episode is about <laughs> oh boy yeah there is no b plot in this episode unless we count our richard and sharon flirting with each other yeah and it's it's like there's like 45 seconds all told devoted to that plot still the highlight of the episode for me personally <laughs> it does wrap up not, well i mean yeah i mean i guess it wraps up nice they get weird things get weird and like allergic and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good gag like that is a good bit that they have going but don's so, mom is like sharon is really fully herself in this episode <laughs> like she is right yes totally like forget flabbergasted with everything an absolute mess and uh and you get to see dawn doing a lot more caretaking of her mother in this yes. episode dawn uh, looking great all the mm-hmm. all the girls look terrific in their wedding outfits we'll get there uh because oh, yeah. the beginning of the episode is just kind of the run-up to the wedding where 
Okay, first, Karen and David Michael are pretending to get married. Yes. David Michael really wants to break a glass. I think this is the best written and used narration we've had so far. I would agree because I think it's a pretty light touch. I think it's pretty elegantly done. It's not too expositional. Like it, right. It's yeah. more Christy being philosophical. Mm-hmm. She's very reflective in this episode. And the one time she kind of flies off the handle and has a very like classic Christy moment, to me it feels totally justified. But again, we'll get there. And, and in fact, I can see why they saved this story for now, because this is kind of the season closer. Yes. Like everything's kind of built... To the wedding, and uh, obviously there's two episodes after this, but this feels like the end of a season. Like, Mm -hmm. it ends with a dance party. Like, that. what else do you want? Oh, an adorable dance party. So, yeah, so David Michael wants to to have a Jewish wedding. (laughs) And we find out that Karen's middle name is Amaryllis, which is Which is great. (laughs) She says some spooky things. Like, she's off the top, like, like, right off the bat, Karen is the best part of this episode. And we find out, I mean, I guess people know this, but I never even thought about it, that David Michael's middle name is Michael. Yeah. That it's yeah. David Michael. I just think of him as David Michael. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I Now I can't. Like, I have a friend whose mom is named Mary Beth. Mm-hmm. Mary oh, and Beth. she has a middle name as well. Yes, but Mary and Beth are two separate names. It's not one word, but it never, like... So I assume David Michael is like that. It's like, you know, that's David a, no, Michael. That's really confusing. I've had people refer to me as Christy Joy before just because it sounds nice. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's definitely a distinct middle name in my case. Yeah. And then uh, Karen has to point out that David Michael Thomas has three first names. <laughs> She's not wrong. She's not wrong. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and they are adorable. They're so cute. They are interrupted by Liz Thomas being kind of harried, like, is doing, not like micromanaging her wedding, but freaking out a little about the details. Not least because Karen is wearing the, like, diamond-encrusted tiara that's been passed down through brewers. Yeah, we find out that six generations of brewers have been married in that house. Yeah. And a generation... a generation's a long time. Like it is. that's more than it. So that's like I don't know what, like a hundred and twenty years. Oh, like, maybe longer than that. Yeah, it's a while. So how old is the like, the house? Looks like it was built maybe in nineteen eighty two. Like yeah, 80, it doesn't eighty seven. <laughs> it's not like a like a pol- like a palatial estate from like no. the seventeen hundreds. Yeah, it's a suburban mansion. Yeah, I mean. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that this is all reno work, <laughs> but even <laughs> the room be. they're in looks very new. Or maybe the room has been moved from location to location. <laughs> maybe just just the floor beneath the room uh, yeah. is the same floor that they've been standing on for six generations. <laughs> so yeah, so we, we hear about Grammy Brewer, who has brought the uh, the tiara, which is very heavily insured. Yes, and, which, is, uh, which it gets to be a Karen line, which is chef's kiss wonderful but that's our also our first hint that money has a very different meaning to the brewers than it does to the thomases yeah i mean that that becomes glaringly obvious like seconds later when charlie rolls up in his new 
Is it a BMW? Is that what it is? Yes. Oh. And it's supposed to be a 2007 Toyota Corolla, which is a good car. That's a good, good high school student car. Like, okay. It's a, it's a good Phil Gonzalez car until about <laughs> three months ago. <laughs> Uh, so, now, I had a 2009 Toyota Corolla that I drove into o- this past October. Yeah, and, uh, my fir- like the first car that I co-owned was like a 2010 Sonata, and that uh-huh. was pretty new when I got it. But it was still like the most reasonable possible car. Like it was such a sensible car. My brothers shared a Blazer, like an '87 Blazer, when they were in yeah. high school. Then we all graduated at different points to like a neon or something like that. I inherited my sister's old, which had belonged to my father's 1982 Monte Carlo. Oh. Which didn't have heat or air conditioning or a radio (laughs) or uh, a working uh, gas gauge. Oh, wow. You just kind of had to guess when you were on the road, but the seatbelt worked, and that's really all that matters. No, that kind of is all that matters at that point. I remember there being a tape deck in the Blazer. Like, this is, these are not, we were not driving BMWs is what I'm saying. (laughs) No, this, but this deprives us of Charlie's car from the books. Is it called the Junk Bucket? Yeah, the junk bucket. Yeah, okay. I didn't know if I was, like, I was trying to remember if that was the name of Archie's car in the Archie comics or Charlie's. (laughs) It it very well could be. (laughs) (laughs) But no, uh, that does, it does provide us with, oh, so this is how uh, Christy will be ferried around for the rest of the series. But it's going to be in style rather than in Charlie's garbage car. <laughs> right. So Charlie drives, as you said, a garbage car in the books. Mm-hmm. And in order to earn a little extra cash, Christy, because they've moved away, Christy ends up paying Charlie out of out of the Babysitter's Club dues to take yes. her to and from meetings and jobs. Yes. Uh, because it's a, it's a business expense. They have to get Christy around. Uh since he doesn't drive the junk bucket now, they kind of turn it so that Watson buys him this BMW. But part of the, part of him having the BMW is that he has to drive the kids places, including Christy to and from. So I like that they sort of clean that up a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and there's this is when we get uh, Liz Thomas kind of taking Watson aside, saying, "Hey, you should have talked to me about this first, Which fair. <laughs> Yeah. Very fair. And and us finding out that buying a child a brand new BMW is an impulse buy for Watson Brewer. Yeah. So my question previously. Yes, about whether or was, not he was a millionaire. Is he a millionaire? Has at this point been answered. Yes. yes. Because he bought a kid a BMW with about as much thought as I gave to buying my child a Shrek Barbie last <laughs> Which was a lot of thought, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote to her, I sent her a picture of a Shrek Barbie, and I said, do you want this? (laughs) She, thinking I was, of course, joking, was all, hell yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, all right, Shrek Barbie's going to show up in the mail. (laughs) So yeah, so Liz is not happy, and rightfully so. Like This is is a thing that they should have talked about. No, and she concedes pretty quickly on it. But I don't think I don't think it's out of weakness so much as like it, the combination of exasperation and having better things to worry about right now. Because right, her right. wedding is the next day, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So And the wedding is is being is decorated to the nines, it's catered to the gills. <laughs> like this is a major do. 
Yeah, the only thing about the timeline that doesn't entirely make sense to me is Christy getting her, like, final dress and fitting the day before the wedding. Yeah. I won't, like, it's not so crazy. Like, I remember my final bridesmaid dress fitting for when I got married was maybe the Wednesday or, yeah, something like the Wednesday before the wedding. But that's still a few days. Like, this feels like a crunch but apparently well, it's also presumably the first time she's seen it yeah yeah she looks like a banana but <laughs> she looks... says she already got it altered but i'm like how did you get it altered if you've never tried it on yeah there's there are some things going on like there i have some minor quibbles with some of the wedding details in this episode yeah. well as alana said sitting in the couch she said why is Watson going to her bridesmaid dress fitting? Yeah. Why, why isn't Liz going to like, it seems like it's your daughter. Like go, why is it this guy? <laughs> because and then it, of course it, she, she gets one of the best lines in the, in the episode, which yeah. uh, she says, the only person, uh, the only person in the world that thinks I look great is curious George. <laughs> <laughs> because she does look like it is a banana yellow dress. <laughs> It's a really, and then I think she dramatically says, before he eats me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Christy gets a different bridesmaid dress. Yeah, because, hey, they just got in a bunch of Vera Wangs <laughs> and uh, Caroline Herrera's. So go nuts. <laughs> and she doesn't exactly go nuts, but she does yeah. get a different dress in a different color. And it's beautiful. It's so pretty. She looks all of the babysitters look adorable in this episode. I think that's the best way to put it. They all look very pretty, like very age appropriate. Like these are, this is what 12 year old girls should wear to formal events. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except like Stacy, <laughs> we both had our own comparisons of what Stacy <laughs> wears in this episode. Wait, let's, let's wait to get to that. Yeah, let's get there. It's one uh, of the best parts of the show. It's so, so good. Uh, I mean, like it would be a full chapter too, for sure. Like the, the wedding outfits in this are just truly phenomenal. So we have this, the, we have the lead up to the wedding day. Yes. She, she goes and gets her, her dress fitted. And then that night she has a heart to heart with David Michael. Which is cute. He's worried about moving. He's worried yeah. about missing his stuff. She reassures him, which is nice because she's not fully comfortable with the idea of moving either. She's already homesick for a place she hasn't left is how kind of how she puts yeah, it. Yeah, which is possible to be, which is... Yeah. It's a... It's, uh, she is, she's very poignant in this episode. Yeah. Now, I don't know. Did you ever move at, at around this age? Yeah. It's a very similar to Christy move, actually, because we moved into a nicer house in the same... Uh, in the same suburb, but I didn't have too much emotional attachment to any house I grew up in. I certainly didn't have the emotional reaction Christy does, but it's also upheaval in Christy's place, or yeah. in Christy's case, because her family is changing in a major way. I was just going right. with my parents and brothers from one place to another. We moved the the summer before my senior year in high school uh, mm. to another like, to another neighborhood, but like within our school area. Yeah, yeah. Like I went to the same school, had the same friends. But uh, I was, we were sitting at dinner one night and my dad goes, it's just me, my mom, my dad, because my sister was probably in college at this point. Uh, and my dad just goes, oh, uh, your mom and I bought a house. And I was like, what? What? He's like, in Memorial Northwest. And I'm like, wait, really? He's like, yep, we're going to be moving in about a week or two weeks. And that was it. That's that wild. <laughs> Like they had, I had had no idea they were looking for a house. Like it just happened while I was at school, I guess. 
And it was the house I grew up in. Like I grew up in this house, and I was like, oh, I guess I've got to say say goodbye to my say goodbye to the world I knew. That's <laughs> then we moved into a better house. <laughs> yeah. See, that was the thing. Like I had been in one house from about age seven to twelve, thirteen, and then mm-hmm. all of like part of junior high and all of high school were in that second. House. Oh, I see. So I was. Uh, I didn't necessarily build more memories there, but I, I enjoyed high school more than I enjoyed junior high. So, yeah. <laughs> so better memories, let's say. Ew, yes. Well, Chrissy's not so excited about it. And one of the things that she is going to miss is living across the uh, yard from Mary Ann, even though while that was set up in the first episode, it was set up while they were mad at each other. And yeah. so there's not as big an emotional payoff, in my opinion, for this, because we never really got to see them doing anything. with No, this. I get that the, sh- the show has told me and I believe the show when it says that Christy and Marianne are friends oh, for right. life and very close. They don't show that friendship as frequently as they maybe could. Yeah. Especially because there's such a strong emphasis on the Dawn and Marianne friendship. Plus, they undercut it in the scene. With Marianne being like, it's okay, we have phones now. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> this is a thing Marianne should be crying about. But not this Marianne. No, not the self-actualized Marianne. Yes, this is new Marianne, who uh, who is more concerned about getting her father getting together with another woman. Yeah, she's very concerned about that. that is she most... is very concerned about that. <laughs> Fortunately, we are now to the day of the wedding, which Christy wakes up late for. But uh, now we got to start seeing, like, Richard getting ready for the wedding himself. Yeah, Richard uh, pulling out, like, two starched white shirts and showing them to Marianne and asking what she prefers. Well, yep. we're, like, cross-cutting with Sharon uh, being an absolute maniac. And Dawn... Like trying on her own prom dresses. Yes, <laughs> and being distraught that it doesn't fit anymore. Uh, also says something about uh, forgetting to feed the turtle. So Mm -hmm. the turtle is presenting an ongoing problem. Yes, of course. Uh, The turtle is mentioned twice in this episode. Yeah, both in a problematic way. (laughs) Right. The turtle was a bad idea. The turtle Uh, was a very bad idea. We do do have the wonderful juxtaposition of Sharon hauling out dress after dress and asking Dawn, which is better, and then cut to Richard doing the exact same thing with Marianne. And as you said, it is two identical starch shirts. <laughs> it is. like, which, which one do you prefer? And he also asks her if the one he picks smells like meat. Which is the strangest line. <laughs> it doesn't I... make any sense. Uh, he's never, I guess maybe there have been hints that Richard does a lot of cooking here and there. Like you got casserole, <laughs> got him knowing that cast iron shouldn't be run through the like the the washing machine like all that are they setting up that canonically he smells bad (laughs) just looking at that man there is no possible way he smells anything but like very clean it came across as the kind of line that like you would have the actor come up with several different questions to try to make the other actor laugh like sort of an improv thing like just give us a few give us a few questions you could ask Marianne like does this shirt do this and that <laughs> and that they settled on does this smell like meat I, I have to I can't imagine a writer sitting down and being like <laughs> perfect end to the scene I also but, want like I want to believe that this is an improv situation because Mark Evan Jackson's background is in improv uh, so it would make sense for them to let him be funny off script every once in a while. Although his scripted lines in this episode are really funny too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But, he uh 
I love that they they because in the books, like Richard and Sharon, they start getting together, and it's always happening kind of in the background, as we've mm-hmm. noted. And I like that, like we get to watch them have troubles and fall apart and get back together and go through this complicated ritual that they've like two com- two people who are complete messes for different reasons <laughs> finding they, each other. Truly, they are. Uh, they're this is a this is a satisfying little coda but it doesn't i mean it doesn't happen till the end of the episode of course but right oh we didn't even mention that when the babysitters club had they had a meeting at the beginning yes. where christy is talking about the wedding and they mentioned camp moosehead like they, they they've been setting that up like now they're getting their stuff together for camp moosehead the, their trip is imminent but the only one not going to camp moosehead we we learn is Claudia, who is going to art camp at Yale yeah, with Trevor Sandborn. With Trevor Sandborn, as teased in the earlier episode, where it seemed like she for sure wasn't going to get in. No, and she is going, chance of a lifetime. Just yeah. keep that in mind. The the, the girl <laughs> whose entire passion is art, who worked so hard to impress judges at an, an adult art show, or like an older student art show, to get to go study art at Yale with the boy of her dreams. Just keep that in mind. Keep that in the, keep that in your pocket. I feel Just, like you have feelings on what <laughs> what shapes str- up from there. Strong <laughs> feelings about this. Okay, so wedding day. Don yes. and uh Sharon are getting ready. Don is steaming a dress. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh it is Marianne great. and Richard are getting ready. We don't see Claudia and Stacy's getting ready rituals, which is a shame, but whatever yeah. there's not enough time we gotta get right. back to christy wearing a new dress well plus stacy and claudia's getting ready is would ruin the reveal that's true that is very true yeah um so christy gets her new bridesmaid dress and yeah. it's beautiful it's like this it's a nice pale blue uh it just like she looks so cute in it mm-hmm. and her mama finds out that she has a completely different dress and Karen reveals that it was eight hundred dollars. That's eight hundred dollars. Yeah, and she saw the tag. Yes, <laughs> and Liz loses her mind. She loses it, and it's one of those. It's a wonderful losing it scene. It's mm-hmm. so real. I have seen this interaction happen, where you're not mad at what your child did. You're mad because your child is involved in a situation that flatly contradicts your values and that the child you're frustrated more with with other people and the situation but you take it out on your kid and i totally sympathize with liz for doing this because she freaks out and she's like we don't spend eight hundred dollars on dresses in this family plus you couldn't return the other dress so that's just going to waste and i can't believe watson did this and christy's like you got a great wedding uh, Charlie got a brand new car. I just get this one dress. Can I at least have this? Can I just feel nice one for one day in my life? Yeah, it's it's a bummer scene, but it's very it's very well acted on both their part. I sympathize with both characters in this situation because it's not Christie's fault that she didn't no. like the, that like that Watson was generous enough to get her a dress she actually liked. Uh, yeah, it's also but then we also have. Christy blows up at her mom a bit. Mm-hmm. Not not in a way I found that unreasonable. She's melodramatic, but it feels in line with her character. Yeah, and the fact that she's stressed out about 
the move that she has never been completely happy with this marriage. Yeah, no. And she, she says, maybe I shouldn't be part of your new fancy family at all. Yeah. And she, in narration, says she knows she'd gone too far with that. Yeah. But Which... we get a wonderful Karen moment. Yes. Because the, 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 one of uh, Liz's dressers, this guy walks in and is like, like, we need you in the other room. And then he catches Karen's eye and Karen gives him like the, the shake of the head. Yeah. The this isn't the time look. And then he like backs out. It's a great, great, as you always say, face acting. From yes. The so much face acting. There, there's so much power in the, in the Karen performance that i was not anticipating like (laughs) she's every moment she gets in this episode is is fantastic in a completely different way (laughs) i hope that the actor who plays karen i hope that she ends up getting some sort of harriet the spy-esque project in her future like like she this is she's pulling off a Macaulay Culkin in Uncle Buck performance where every time she's on screen you're just watching this kid hoping she does something hilarious and yeah. do pulling it off effortlessly. She does also actually have a bit of the young M- Michelle Trachtenberg vibe cuz like I'm thinking like on Pete and Pete her character is so weird but so likable. It's it's uh-huh. a it's cut from the same cloth for sure. But yeah, so Christy now will spend much of the rest of the episode wanting to talk to her mom and not being able to talk to her mom to smooth things over. Right. And it's very uh, stressful. And feeling terrible about it. Yeah. Um, but uh so then we uh so then we cut to the everyone showing up yeah. for the wedding. Uh, and uh <laughs> Claudia's wearing uh, like a pink dress and bright yellow tights mm-hmm. and and mismatched earrings. It's a very Claudia outfit. She also has a hat that kind of looks like a grasshopper, but I know it's like it has <laughs> it has antenna. I know that. But Stacy, Stacy, oh, I said that she looks like she's going to the Kentucky Derby, <laughs> and I said. She looks like one of the guys from Men on Film from In Living Color because she is wearing a tiny hat. It's a tiny. It's so not tiny. It's a the tiniest Kentucky Derby hat perched on the side of her head, and it's an all black and white ensemble, which is very true mm-hmm. to Stacy of the books and so far Stacy of the show for yeah. the most part. You said Kentucky Derby, but I was thinking like the Ascot from uh, My Fair Lady. Like <laughs> that also. No, it's. It is uh, an extreme, like it's. It is a strong look. Like it is. Yes. It's it is very a look good. that, were I her parent, I'd be like, oh, oh, honey, is that what you're gonna wear? <laughs> and she would say yes, and I'd be like, what are your friends wearing? And then I would remember she's in the babysitters club, and I'd be like, oh, go, go right ahead. Then. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't. Uh, Don's dress and Marianne's dress both pretty normal. Uh, Don is well, but Don's incre- got the. Don's she's wearing an the, incredible headpiece. Yeah, she's got like yeah, yeah. <laughs> vaguely hippie-ish. She's, yeah, it's a little. I mean, it's, it's, as, a, it's the crunchy dress. But we don't see her immediately because she and Sharon are late, as late. Don anticipates, and uh, because of this, Richard downs a glass of champagne in like a second, uh-huh. and also he's asks nervous. Marianne if she wants a drink, <laughs> which is great. Well, what's funny is he's like, uh, "I'm gonna go get a drink. Do you want one?" And she gives him this look. And in my head, I'm like, they probably have, like, sodas at the bar. Like, you could probably... Yeah, probably. That's not an unreasonable question. Like, she could be thirsty. <laughs> but it's... It, I think it's more the tone of, I'm going to the bar. Do you want anything? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that kills me. And he goes, I think he says, obviously not. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he he's a nervous wreck waiting for Sharon. He thinks... And this is when he says, 
I like I think the turtle was a bad idea. And Marianne says, What turtle? Which means that Richard went and bought a turtle. <laughs> I was in just secret. gonna say it says a lot that he didn't clear the turtle with Marianne first. Right. <laughs> he went to the reptile store and bought a turtle and delivered it to Sharon's house. <laughs> and she loved it, but she also forgets to feed it. Yes, because that's what we thought would happen. <laughs> so the ceremony itself starts a uh, uh, uh Watson walks to that i guess i guess we we never really see his family like his extended family uh no one's even like with him at the altar like no No. he doesn't have any support up there no it's just uh charlie and sam and david michael and uh (laughs) david michael and andrew both uh are ring bearers kind of yes uh i guess yeah for each of the i guess andrew is wearing tiny glasses again (laughs) Of course. So, Christy, do you have any feelings about Andrew's tiny glasses? I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) I love Andrew's tiny glasses. Uh, It reminds me a lot of the kid on Haunting Haunting on Hill House Netflix series. Uh Like, they knew how cute that was. And they were like, we're we're taking notes from other Netflix series, and one of them is, put tiny glasses on a a little boy. (laughs) Like a toe-headed little boy. Also, I used to teach Sunday school, and occasionally I would, like, dip in. It was usually elementary school students, but I would occasionally do, like, the threes and fours. And, man, when those kids had glasses, it was the greatest. <laughs> I was always, I've always been sad about the fact that they developed those, like, sort of plastic, unbreakable glasses for little kids. Yeah. Because as as practical as they are it takes away the charm of seeing a tiny child wearing adult style glasses it's which true. is just the greatest thing in the world i definitely had metal ones when i was 7 which seems like a lot of like that seems like hubris on the part of my parents <laughs> but i didn't break them i've definitely broken my plastic ones way more recently than i ever broke the, like i never broke the metal ones well, yeah. in case you're in case you're a fan of Sebastian Billingsley Rodriguez, who plays Andrew Berger, uh, he has also been on the TV series Legion. He played the toddler version of David. Uh, he has been on uh, the new 90210 series. <laughs> he has uh, been on the new. He was on the revival of the X Files. I that I've seen him in something because <laughs> of been course in the I watched X Files season ten. <laughs> Did you watch The Magicians? Um, I'm obsessed with The Magicians right now, Phil. So, yes, he <laughs> plays Rupert, age five, on The Magicians. <gasps> he does. Oh, that's upsetting. Now I'm not. Now I'm sad. And uh, the picture for him uh, from his demo reel on the IMDb is a picture of him holding an incredibly frightening ventriloquist dummy, and I don't know what that's from. <laughs> so I'm going to assume there's other stuff floating around out there. Yeah. He doesn't do that in The Magicians. He's just part of a deeply dysfunctional household in The Magicians. Anyway. <laughs> and anyway, uh, so yeah. So, uh, this household is functional. Uh, Chris- These professional actors uh, have other credits to their name. <laughs> uh, Christy looks great. Comes down the, comes down yes. the aisle. Uh, oh, Karen is dramatic flower girl. Karen, yeah, Karen does like a, like a royal kind of wave. Like the sort of... Is Chris- so Christy's just the bridesmaid she's like she, bridesmaid. that's her function this is a situation of they just have a family in the wedding party i've been to weddings that do this i understand the appeal of this it is not what i mm-hmm. did but respect to them for doing it <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so so christy's the bridesmaid karen's the adorable flower girl and then rising from the grave <laughs> behind 
Morbid a destiny, yes, is the is 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 doing the. I can't think of the term I'm looking for. She is performing the wedding yes. service. She, uh, yeah, she's the minister. She's the wedding ordained. ritual. She's the ordained she... minister of this wedding. Karen screams. It's uh, great. There is surprisingly little reaction from everybody when the child screams. <laughs> uh, uh, they, she talks about like how witch, like how the child thinks she's a witch. Which, well, I mean, well spotted. That is what Karen thinks. Yeah. She talks about how witches are like it's a very like earthy like actually women who are in in control of their own destiny. We're all witches. Uh, Dawn yeah. snaps her fingers for this, which mm-hmm. I liked a lot. But she's like, I'm like, there's a lot in this episode. Like they're 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 tying up some loose ends. They're they're we're we're, we're jetting towards the end, and they do take like 30 seconds out of the runtime of this episode to monologue about women empowerment and uh, <laughs> and witch witchcraft and sort of like give morbid a just in case there's no season two, we need some closure on morbid a destiny here. <laughs> That's a, I mean, after we see her, that's a series wrap on Morbid and Destiny, (laughs) presumably, unless she's in the camp episode. And I guess if you're a presumably Christian woman marrying a Jewish man and you want to not have a Jewish wedding or not have any like problems, just, I guess, just get a witch to do the ceremony. (laughs) Like, I guess like that's the most neutral you can make everybody happy. I've been to one completely non-religious wedding and the person who did the wedding was not... They, they were not a witch, but they definitely, <laughs> but it was definitely in absence of any kind of religious content. It ends up being almost new agey when you talk about love in abstract terms. I remember in that wedding, like somebody read a Cherokee, like a Cherokee blessing. I read an excerpt from an episode of Radiolab. Uh, mm-hmm. I was in this wedding. Um, they 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 come they come in all kinds. I've never been to one that was officiated. That's what it's called, the officiant. Okay. Officiant, yes. Yay, you did it. Uh, I've never been to one officiated by an actual witch, unless I have. And yeah, it's fun. It's it's kind of it's kind of cute. And they do their vows. They look mm-hmm. very much in love. And David Michael breaks a glass. <laughs> I, yeah, he just smashes a champagne glass under a, under a cloth, and he says he says he did it. Everyone mm-hmm. laughs. It's great. Yep, absent a chuppah, it may as well have been a Jewish <laughs> wedding. So, uh, Chrissy's crying. Uh, she realizes that she's happy for her mother. She realizes that uh, her mother has sacrificed so much for the family and hasn't really ever seemed comfortable and happy like she does now. That mm-hmm. she always seemed uncomfortable and sad when she was around her married friends. And that she met this guy Watson and it really has changed her life. And Christy's like, maybe I should step off and give my mom like the happiness she needs. I need to talk to her. And this is where Christy now is trying desperately to talk to Liz. But as anyone who's been married or has been to wedding knows, getting a hold of the bride right after the ceremony is kind of a difficult situation. Yeah, she has a lot of trouble with this. She uh, essentially never catches up with her mom until the very possible last moment yes uh i mean in the meantime we have uh the girls all having a great time christy not having christy not being really able to relax or enjoy herself at all Mm -hmm. uh eventually and then um I mean, do we just get to it now? She gets her well, period. Wait. Oh, I was going to, I presumably, but uh, is this, this, but wait, we haven't had the, uh, is this after the allergic reaction? I think the allergic reaction happens first does the and all the delicious it, cakes. It happens. It's mixed in there. So it, it does happen first because 
Christy is the one who is like totally flabbergasted by it. Um, she free, she she yells at Sharon. She she does, uh, which under normal circumstances maybe not a great look for Christy. <laughs> but at the we'll same be- time, it is a wild thing that has happened where uh, Sharon was very upfront about her yellowtail allergy. Yeah, which makes a, sense because there's, like there's a sushi bar at the wedding. Sushi bar, yeah, yeah, which. Um, interesting choice. Not everyone likes sushi, but I guess, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, live your lives, guys. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> um, instead of that, though, like, the, there is no yellowtail at the wedding for this reason. Um, we find out Sharon is allergic to nuts, to tree nuts, which, mm-hmm. as Christy says, the, like, the most common allergy. <laughs> Yeah, and Sharon takes a bite of Nutella cake is what happens. Yes. And, and Dawn uh, freaks out and it's like, Mom, that has Nutella in it. And, and Sharon's like, so? And she's like, <laughs> it's hazelnuts. It's it's tree nuts. And she's like, oh, no. And that's when Christy like stands up and is like, you drove my mom ragged about your yellowtail and you didn't mention you're allergic to tree nuts. And I'm like, dang, Christy, like just <laughs> yelling at your friend's mom for not like, like reveal, like the, the, the famously scatterbrained mom. <laughs> no yeah. one seems bothered that Christy reacts this way because everyone no. is too busy freaking out about Sharon. Uh, Don says something about the EpiPen and the car. Uh, Richard says that he will help and he'll take care of her. Uh, Sharon just dashes off an I love you to Richard. <laughs> and, yes. And... Uh, um, Dawn says that their watch is ended, which is a weird Game of Thrones reference. <laughs> <laughs> and that, and then, yeah, then that's the moment because then Christy says uh, she also in in voiceover also feels that her watch has ended, and then mm. she feels something, and then she goes to the bathroom, and whoops, it's her big day. <laughs> whoops, she presumably has her period. Yep. Yeah, uh, uh, and- yeah, all of her friends j- join her outside of the door of the bathroom, and Marianne gives her a pad and teaches her how to use it. Oh, we didn't mention that uh, we've established in the episode earlier that Christy has never had her period. Yeah, and I'm still... <laughs> yep, uh, yeah, I mean, that's fine. She's she's 12, that's, to- that's totally oh, yeah. legit. I'm surprised she is the last in this group, but that's... They, I mean, they do always all feel older than her. At least Claudia and Stacy certainly do. So right. that makes sense. Uh, but her friends help her out. It's very, they, it's very. They fly sweet. her with maxi pads. Yes, <laughs> they explain how to use the ones with wings. Which, okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean, that's what that's what Marianne has. She has that in her little purse. Now, now that's true. I, I watched this with a. I watch this with closed captioning on when I'm taking notes and there's a, (laughs) if you're watching with closed captioning on, there's a moment, the moment where Dawn, no, where Marianne reaches into her little handbag and is pulling out the pad. The girls are all kind of like whispering to each other, like tittering, like just sort of chatting Mm -hmm. amongst themselves as she pulls it out. The only subtitle we get though it's it's a close up of uh, it's a, it's just a it's framing uh, Marianne's arm reaching into and pulling out the the maxi pad and it says in brackets Dawn and then she's whispering I don't know why this cracks me up Dawn is just whispering it's natural <laughs> and so. It's because, no, because that's, that's the, an aggressive... That's the only subtitle, though. That's the, <laughs> the only subtitle you get. So the reason it's funny is I did not notice that line because I watched without subtitles this time. Yes. 
And it is such an aggressively Dawn thing to say. Yeah, well, of course. But if I was sitting at home and say I, I had the sound all the way down and I hadn't watched the episode, I'd be like, wait, what? What? <laughs> what? Is she just... <laughs> it's natural. Like, it could be that she's saying it out loud to Christy. I don't know. It's so good. But uh, also, as you and I were discussing off mic, we only have Christy's word that she's having her period. <laughs> true <laughs> for all we know she could have like i don't know pooped herself <laughs> and now she's just trying to save face because because just the idea that she feels something it's, it's something it's something's off about it but no matter uh her friends help her yes it's very get, sweet yeah they kind of oh at but and at that point uh watson and liz are about to leave mm-hmm. so uh christy has to go catch liz as they are driving off and Mm -hmm. she's able to do so they have a heart to heart it's incredibly sweet um at one point she mentions she got her period and that her and her friends were able to help her who are like standing by uh to which liz is like of course they did which i loved because like liz says at one point that christy is her her favorite child and that she's not allowed to tell the boys that uh, she talks about how alike they are, and that is a thing that we've seen in the show over and over again, never hitting us over the head with it, but just yeah. their mannerisms and the way they both speak. It's very—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a really nice moment, and I watched this one twice, and the first time I watched it, this is what broke me. Like, this is what mm. made me cry. Yeah, no, it's a really nice moment. Uh, and that scene in particular, I, I've loved Alicia Silverstone throughout this show. I think she's done a bang-up job in every one of her scenes and this like it's like her role just culminates in this scene you yes. just you get this wonderfully emotional interaction between her and christy uh it's it doesn't they don't solve all their problems but they solve a lot of emotional uh stuff that's been going on and as you said when they finally acknowledge that they're essentially the same person <laughs> uh it just it ties that up it, it wraps that up mm-hmm. um now this is the point where alana was very upset because uh, as as we know, Alana gets upset at various moments in these episodes for reasons that sort of blindside me. But like last episode, it was the turtle. This episode, though, she she raised the valid point where she's like, uh, Liz and Watson need to have some major conversations about how they're running this family. Yeah. He's going off and doing stuff that flatly contradicts Liz's values. And it's just shocking that he wouldn't have called her before all these decisions were made, that they haven't discussed how he spends his millions. Yeah, uh, it's and it's not just that. It's like the way he spends his money is very much like it's how he, it's basically how he shows them he loves them. Right. Like that's his love language. Yeah. And that's I've had relatives that, that have done that before. It's kind of a messy way to show your affection for people like it's kind but it also feels transactional then and also liz is so liz is so practical and so like that's a thing that um christy mentions early in the episode that she's like used to be on the on the phone with the like the water bill company all the time trying to get their bill lowered and that sort of thing yeah and, and part of it is we've already established so much that watson has had to win over these kids particularly christy yeah that it teeters dangerously on like me kids like mm-hmm. ah, like last episode we saw him be like i won't tell your mom that you guys 
sanded the side of my car. Uh, and now it's like, have a new dress, have a new car. And I, Mark Feirstein plays Watson so well and so affably and so just sort of like, he's sort of whimsical and careless that I'm like, I don't feel like he's he is doing that. But there is that, like as an adult watching this, I'm like, there's going to need to be some changes made. Like, yeah. after this honeymoon like they're gonna have to sit down like the two adults and just be like mm-hmm. from now on you don't you don't just buy the kids like that's not that's not the way i'm raising my children and uh so yeah so alana was like alana felt put off that it felt like it was liz who had to make the change yeah. that liz had to deal with it and and i was like yeah because we don't get that conversation between them. It just sort of rests on the mom to be like, I guess this is our life now. Alana's perspective is so, it's so, so far removed from mine and so, in a way that I really appreciate. It's Cause like I get so wrapped up in all of my affection for these characters. I'm not even like thinking about the health of relationships a lot of the time. Oh. <laughs> I do also like you, you said that Alana got very upset about something that we skipped over earlier in the episode where uh, Claudia is oh, okay, yes. yeah, kind of manipulated into not going to art camp anymore. By Mimi, who's <laughs> at the at the wedding, by the way. Mimi has shown up at the wedding. Not Claudia's parents, just her and Mimi. I'm going to assume that she rode Mimi over on her bike. Uh, <laughs> they do, yeah, they come in together, I think, with Stacy as well. Yeah, so then I'm sure they were dropped off. But uh, Mimi... Mimi says something to Cla- Claudia is like, are you okay, Mimi? Like it's at the reception. She's like, is it too much? Do you want, do you need to go home? And Mimi's like, no, I love being here. I love being surrounded by everyone. Everyone's so happy. She's like, this Claudia is what's important in life. Being surrounded <laughs> by people you love. And Claudia's like, oh. Claudia takes that to mean she should go to Camp Moosehead. And so at the very end, she's like, we're all going to be at Camp Moosehead together. And they're like, wait a minute. Aren't you going to Yale to study art? <laughs> With the man you love. And she's like, no, I'm going to dumb camp. <laughs> and that pushed Alana over the edge. She was like, what? 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 You don't just turn to... There's going to be camp every year. You're going to see your friends in a few weeks. You don't get to go to Yale all the time. Right, and it's such a big deal that Claudia got into the program that is usually only admits high school kids. She just finished seventh grade. That's huge. Right. Oh. And it, it and it just happened to coincide with I just I told you earlier that I just finished reading the uh Mallory learns to ride horses and it kills her and now she hates horses book. <laughs> and in it Mallory takes riding lessons and she's good at them, but she falls off the horse and it, and it freaks her out and she doesn't ends up not enjoying the lessons. And at the end, her parents are like, Oh my God, honey, you did such a great job. Uh, you're going to do great in your next session. And she's like, no, no, uh, I'm not going to take lessons anymore. And then she has this a monologue at the end where she's like, I learned that like my riding lessons were taking me away from the things that matter, like my friends and the babysitters club and I'm like, dude, you're allowed to have other interests. Jesse's a ballet dancer. Like Claudia has her art. Your your friends don't have to take up every waking moment of your life. And I feel like there's a there's a message sometimes that we send to the to kids in stories that are very much about like the beauty of friendship that sometimes get pushed over into 
that friendship is more important than your individual desires. That's, I mean, certainly that's true with this case too. Like, yes. and, and with Mallory and, oh, don't worry. She likes horses <laughs> again eventually. I am sure she, she comes likes back horses. around on horses. Can we also mention the fact that that book takes place over two months? Yeah. And I'm like, what what happened with what, we know the timeline is weird in the Babysitters Club novels, but like that's a two month chunk of a year. They're usually, I mean, some they can take as like the the books can take place over as short as like two weeks or a week even. Like that's it's unusual that they would go on that long. So now I'm dying for the timeline you want to create about like how long actually t- like the, the Babysitters Club books, how much time is actually so, spent. Uh, it's got to be yeah, like, it's like Groundhog Day. It's like years. Is a, I mean, like, I don't know if quarantine is literally ever ending. So maybe that'll be my next quarantine project. Mapping out the Babysitter's Club timeline. I would love to see there that. There are like worse how... ways to spend my time, I assure yeah. you. It would be an invaluable resource. <laughs> Certainly for us, yeah. Yeah. No, but it... Again, uh, I didn't even think about it until Alana pointed yeah. it out. And, of course, you have to get Claudia to Camp Moosehead or else that would be a weird two-parter. <laughs> I mean, I would, I do like the idea of cutting back to Claudia being a serious artist while they're all doing whatever it is they do. I mean, like archery, I guess. Maybe horseback riding. We'll <laughs> see. We'll see. May, we, uh, we haven't seen the episodes. Maybe Claudia teaches art. Maybe Trevor Sanborn ends up going to Camp Moosehead. I'm Maybe, so excited. Maybe the Yale reps show up because they're plane crashed or something. I don't know. <laughs> the only other thing I can think that we missed in this episode is it happens so quickly that, of course, we didn't mention it. Uh, Stacy dances with Stan- with Sam at the at the yes. reception, and he gives her a look on his way down the aisle. Yes, uh, it's very cute. Uh, she says that she misses Toby seconds before uh, Sam yeah. has her dance. Uh, Christy calls calls her out on it. She says, "Don't be such a baby," which is a very funny retort in this yep. circumstance. It makes no sense. Oh, and the and episode itself ends with like a dance party of the five girls. Yes, dancing to the song "Boom Clap" from uh, the uh, the movie. Uh, oh, what was that movie? That John Green movie. Uh, oh, uh, not looking for Alaska. Was it looking for Alaska? No, the, it's his first big. Fault in our stars. Fault in our stars. Boom clap. As featured in the major motion picture, The Fault in Our Stars. The, uh, the, 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 it's the song you seem to need whenever, like, young teens are, like, celebrating life. You put on a boom clap, which I have to admit is a song that I particularly enjoy. So oh, yeah, uh, it honks. No, it's a good, it, it fits the scene well. It's it's a cute little ending. It's a, it, yeah, it's a nice button. And I'm happy that, that Stacy ended up dancing. I, 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 I'm just going to say again, Sam and Charlie in this show, as little screen time as they get. Love them as characters. Actual I love those characters. two actors. Yeah. They're they're good they're good, good boys. They and are. as we all know, Toby ends up with an ugly girl. So <laughs> I thought we don't of, need him. I thought of him and an ugly girl like last week like late last week and couldn't stop laughing just <laughs> the sense construction. <laughs> I'm sure she's very nice. Um <laughs> Uh, I have two so, older yeah. brothers, so I always uh, I really latched onto like Sam and Charlie as a concept because uh-huh. <laughs> my name is also Christy. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that. That's true. And the age difference is mm, exactly the same. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, this episode was written by Kimmy Gatewood. Hmm. I, Kimmy for some Gatewood, reason, I was... thought this was a Rachel Shuckert, uh 
Yeah, she has been in a long-running comedy duo with fellow Glow actress Rebecca Johnson. She's uh she's also um on Glow as Stacey Beswick. I love how glow oriented this show is despite feeling absolutely nothing like Glow. Oh yeah. <laughs> I I'm very glad it feels absolutely nothing yeah. like Glow. It's a good good idea to separate like to separate the two. <laughs> But yeah, she's a she's a a director and a film editor and an actor and a comedian and a writer and a singer and I have to say the writing in this episode I really enjoy. Like I, I think I, this I is thought, the best, uh, like most tightly written episode since the pilot. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Um, unless I'm mistaken, and she was actually the director. I'm sorry, she directed it. Sorry, Kimmy Gatewood. I totally screwed is that this up. A sugar? I, I, this is a sugar. Okay, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, it, that this, makes sense. It feels. I mean, she's the showrunner, right? So it feels the most like the like the platonic ideal of what this series should be to me. Like, but going back, I also think it was a very well directed oh, episode absolutely. because because everyone got their moment. The actors were given a lot of room to play, and the emotional beats were just nailed. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, going back to the to the Alana gallery. Uh, the fact that they the fact that they addressed uh, a young girl having her period uh, for Alana was so important. Yeah. She's just like that's just that's just something you don't see enough. No, is... it almost never happens on TV. It happens right on occasion in I would say like in um, middle grade novels, but it's rare. It's not. Yeah, and given that it is a fairly universal experience for a lot of people. Yeah. It's not. It's nice to see it. Like I, I feel like we get the first bra plotline more often, maybe because it's funnier and easier. But it, it, this is this is good. Like it, it's it's well handled here. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the only other time I can remember really seeing a a girl has her first period scene uh, handled like actually delicately and and humorously was in Curb Your Enthusiasm. So oh, you're uh, right. Where the like the the Girl Scout cookie salesperson, the little girl, has to run to the bathroom, and Larry David has to help her, and it's actually a very, it's funny, but it's actually handled very. He handles it very well, like very sensitively. One of the weirdest um, things about Curb is that when he interacts with children on that show, he's usually not terrible at it. It's like right. it's adults that he has a problem with. It's really, it's really funny. They need to get him on Babysitters Club. <laughs> oh, I would. Love I don't that. know who he would play. He's maybe like definitely related to Richard in some way. <laughs> maybe like he could play like God in a dream sequence. <laughs> Is there I, a book where God shows up? <laughs> no, there's no religion in the <laughs> <That's right. laughs> And that is Christie's big day, the double the double entendre title. Not only did she become part of a new family, she had her first monthly. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I love the episode. I hate that. Uh, Very good episode. I, I I enjoyed it. We we we. And now we're off to Camp Moosehead. Yes. We'll, yeah. Uh, see you there. I guess. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you. Make sure you pack your uh your bug spray and your camping shoes. Because <laughs> we're been off to. <laughs> I hate being outside so much. <laughs> it is not my milieu. So. Enjoy. I used to. I had the Bob Stein book, uh, 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 the uh, uh, jovial, Bob, St- jovial Bob, Bob Stein, Stein yeah. uh, about camping when I was a kid. I can't remember what it was called, and uh, it was. I would read it and be like, "I'm never going camping. This is terrible." So that's where I'm coming from. Oh, 
man, this, we're going to have a lot to talk about. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Are we done? We're done, yeah. Goodbye, everyone.